podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone, welcome to Deadline Dilemmas and this is Pras and we're coming to you on a Thursday night as usual. Not joined by Flapjack, who's still enjoying his Rico Lewis assist from the week from the midweek. Yeah, he didn't get it in FPL, but he's an enjoyer anyway. Uh, so he's enjoying himself in Vegas and we've got our very able first sub, uh, Hibo, who's joining us. Hibo, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank, thanks for the invite. As always, always good to come on the show. And a bit like uh, Flapjack, I'll be gambling in Vegas. I think we're kind of gambling with our ranks at the minute. And we're gambling and with a decision on whether we're going to wildcard or whether we aren't going to wildcard. So, look, lots to discuss. So, exactly. let's jump right exactly. in. Jump right you know, in. People who are looking at the thumbnail, it's called Stuck in the Millions or something in the Millions. This was not us. We are, we are not mocking our own ranks. We are all very sad. But... I guess David Monday is the one to blame for, for this thumbnail and uh, the, the name of the episode. But it's Deadline Dilemmas. Nobody's panicking. We're all fine in our ranks. We're okay. And we know that it's a long season ahead. Yeah. Where are you ranked? Like three, three. million or something. Three and a half million. I'm like 2.8 million. It's, it's scary. Loads of people talk about this is my worst start in the FPL. I, I, don't, I don't know what my worst start is in the FPL. I like, I, like I've remember. never, I, I've never kept track, like you know, that kind of way. So it must be up there, and it's kind of, it's a real test of faith at the moment, you know. So I, we'll just jump right in because neither of us are well cared in this week. Yeah. So we're going to, I suppose, play it from the the angle of like how we're going to play game week eight and probably game week nine without any kind of just transfers. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably talk about. We'll talk about players. our dilemmas, which are our yeah. teams, and we're obviously two examples of people who are trying to get through the week or you can say crawl through the week into the international mm-hmm. break and then hoping maybe even after the international break to to wildcard so game week 10 but we will see where international break also brings with it challenges changes if there's a big injury then may, you know you may pull the trigger anyway so i'm open yeah. i'm looking at it on a week to week basis but for people who are on wildcard i know it's a popular week we've also got a wildcard draft we've not made it we've basically lifted it from from Joe, who did his, um, what's the show? Goals Eminent. Uh, Goals Eminent, exactly. Yeah. Sorry for not remembering that. But uh, yeah, so he I, he shared his wildcard draft because he is on wildcard. And so we'll just use that and talk about it and what we think if you were wildcarding this week. So let's get right to it. So I'm yeah. going to start with your team, Hibo. So again, for the listeners, we'll talk about ours first and then we'll get to the wildcard draft. So... I'm going to read out your team. You've got Pickford and then Trippier, Saliba, Udogi in defense. You've got Mbumo, Rashford, Bruno, Sterling and Sun, captain at the moment. Alvarez and Haaland up top. Looks pretty decent to me. Uh, you've got Archer for a sub and then basically nothing else uh, in 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 your, on your bench. So what are your dilemmas? Well, I, I feel like firstly I've been kind of unlucky with injuries because you know I've been kind of a bit of an advocate for having a big bench and in a way it's kind of lucky that I have a deep bench this week because I would definitely be well cared if you know what I mean now yeah. playing Saliba has like, the definition of suboptimal like I don't, I don't want to be playing Saliba against Man City but like if I run through my team from back to front like like I, I had the decision this week of like whether I'm going to well cared now I look at Pickford say at home to Bournemouth Pickford's been terrible. I don't really think we can dress it up below. Everton have kind of underperformed their XG, and you know they, they should have done better defensively. There should have been more returns. But if I look at Ariola, he's playing say Newcastle. He's a popular pick. 
Flecken's a popular pick. He's playing Man United. Um, Raya would be interested in him. Will cared for goalkeeper. And for me, like I look at that spot and I think, you know, it's Pickford a downgrade in any of those this week. You know, it's in terms of a coin flip, he could still score I well. Mean, it's a downgrade given what he's done. But yes, we could live with yeah. it. We can, we can love it. We can love it this week. You know, I look at Trapper. Trapper's been a big success story for me. He's grand. If it wasn't for Trapper, I would be probably about eight million. <laughs> a, a doggy's grand. I think if I was having me pick up Spurs defenders, I would definitely choose Poro, especially for the next two weeks. But I can make do. I think if we were looking at, say, I think the thing about the wildcard and I think the thing about wildcard eight in particular is you need to have a lot of kind of medium to long tail picks, which don't necessarily optimise the next two weeks. And I think if me and you were to sit down and get the pen and paper out and say, who would we pick on a free hit this week? I think double man United midfield could potentially, as ridiculous as that sounds, I think double man United midfield potentially comes under conversation for a free hit pick. Now, anybody that played the wild card last week, none of those guys have like man United midfielders. Or even an attacker, like a Hoyland could work as well. But I hear you. Like you you wouldn't give up on Man United if you were on a free hit this week. I agree. No. And if we're if we're thinking about expectation and expect the points for these players, and if we're they look at how they're sitting in terms of ownership, like these are players that we can gain from and they're players that people aren't going to necessarily well care on this week, although some people might pick one man United midfielder. People last week definitely didn't have them on their team. And I thought you made a great point in the wire when you were talking about deciding the right time to change lane. And, you know, I've got myself in a position where I'm 2.8 million. I don't want to be here. I'm a good player. I mean, the decisions haven't worked. I've picked players and they haven't scored points. And that's the bottom line. But do I want to get on the same lane as everybody else, pick fundamentally the exact same team, and not feel as if I'm able to move forward? Like, these next couple of weeks feel like a gamble, and I think double Man United midfield fits a ball. Sterling against Burnley, I really like it. Like, I'm looking at Mark R. Stats, and it's a website that we would look at, and Burnley have the third highest, on average, defensive line. Now, Sterling has to get in the pitch. <laughs> This is what I was going to but say. It, Mudrik is now fit and Palmer was really good. So I'm a little worried actually with Sterling. But if he starts, you're right. He would be great. I think if he starts, he's great. But we just kind of read that he leaves a button that and see where it goes. Buemo. Again, a way to United isn't too bad given United's kind of issues in defence at the minute. He does have a good fixture in game week nine. So if I was selling him, it would nearly be like a hokey-cokey. So he could, he could nearly stay in. Um, Sons there, Alvarez and Hans, pretty fine. I've got one free transfer left with this team. I've got 0.4 million in the bank. So if I was looking at this team in terms of identifying, look, <clears throat> and this is a good starting point for anybody. Look, where's my weakest link? Where, where am I weakest in terms of this team? And the weakest link is undoubtedly defence. It's undoubtedly the fact that Stuart Burns out until maybe game week 10, game week 11. In the next couple of weeks, I'm probably not going to play Silly Bay anyway, but. Given the injury, if I was taking out a defender, it would be a stupid And bringing in Poro probably is, quote-unquote, optimal. But something that's kind of tickling me fancy is... It's about Richarlison, it's about minutes. And I'm thinking to myself, Manor Solomon's out, Perisic is out, Brennan Johnson, we know, is definitely out. So they're going to play a front three of Richarlison, some... 
Kulisevsky, right? Given the fact that Son has had on-off issues with his groin, he's definitely not playing 90 minutes, maybe, say, 70. Yeah. Madison has a wee bit of ongoing issues in terms of injuries as well, where he seems to get subbed off early and they kind of wrap him and cop him. Well, like we, we can see that like recently in games where they were, they were going for the one, Pasta Cogley had to take him off and then Both people them, yeah. are saying, hey, people are saying, oh, that's crazy. Why did they do that? And it's the, they, These players can only play to a certain limit, you know, and, and I think, looking at all that, Richardson plays a full match, right deep on the extra time. His X minutes are brilliant this week. And in a way, I'm kind of looking at maybe Bumo, D. Richardson, and taking Saliba on the chin and just playing him. And then next week, maybe bringing Bumo back in for Sterling or go Morgan Gibbs-White or something like that in game week nine. Um, I don't know. It's just a thought. Like It all depends on how I see it happening with Brennan Johnson in game week nine. I think Richardson's minutes for this week are just, they're just gold-plated. In game week nine, I don't think that's the case, but He's international duty. I think he's got Venezuela. I think he's got Uruguay in there. He's on the squad. Um, Just feels a little like short a, term. Um, that's that's it the does, thing. It, it does feel short term, but you know it brings me back to this analogy that you used about lanes. And you know I'm kind of thinking to myself, there's not many people going to get in that lane with very, with very good reason. Like you know, I picked Richardson at the start of the season, and you know, like he was a disaster pick. He really didn't work out. His minutes worked out. You know, he was on the pitch. And if we look at, I suppose, the data from like Pasta Cogley Spurs, like now, with the benefit of kind of seven game weeks, they're like one of the best attacks in the division. And if somebody had told you, if somebody had a fast forward in time to game week eight and, and given you Spurs' XG data and told you, say, Richardson is going to start the first three or four games up front, I think everybody would have went. I'll have a piece of that. So, so I don't think I don't think about, I don't want to justify it too much. I don't think it was a bad pick, but at the same time, I'm looking at him this week and thinking, well, if Son's maybe only going to play seventy minutes, there's going to be a certain point in time where they maybe play Richarlison up front for 20, 30 minutes, maybe going on the stoppage time too. I do like him this week. It's a really leap of faith because you'd be going into game week nine really not knowing if he's going to play or not, and that's 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 you know you could you could put him on like a ninety-five minute estimate for his months in, in game week eight, and in, in game week nine you could put him on forty because you just don't know. Yeah, see, I I have a similar thing when I'll come to my team where you can make a midfield transfer, but then that's the problem that if you're looking to wildcard in game week ten, you have to also account for something happening over the international break. So you have to account for a transfer. So if you're going to make a transfer only for this week, like a Richarlison, or I was also mm-hmm. thinking of Luis Diaz, for example, then mm-hmm. the problem is if the guy isn't starting, then you are pushing yourself closer to wildcard nine, which again, for me, again, you'll be confused in wildcard nine. Should I have Spurs? How many Spurs? Because they're home to Fulham. My wildcard 10 has no Spurs or, or only mm-hmm. one Spurs. So mm-hmm. for me, I want to pick for two weeks. I don't want the uncertainty. And I get the upside argument, but I guess it's a little easier for me because I have Madison as well. So I have two bites of the Spurs attack. If you did that, you'd have double defense. Although Poro is, you could say, almost an attacker, uh, basically, because Kulusevsky, you know, does operate, but he's not as threatening in the box. So Poro does sort of shoot more on that side than in a dogie. So there is that upside there as well. 
so I'm I'm confused myself. But where are you landing, or where where are you with it at the moment? Because Poro is going to rise in price tonight. You can just let it go. Price. No, I, I definitely will let it go. It's it's not something I'm going to rush on. And this is I've kind of retreated on the like a defensive style of play in terms of my transfers because I am two point eight million and, and like all my focus on at the moment is trying to make the best transfer decision that I can make with the budget I have, with the transfers I have available every single week. That and you know that's just kind of trying to pull myself right back to the basics. And I can only do that by playing to the deadline. I can't do that by making a change based on price and poro. And the thing is, if I knew I was getting poro, if I had Son of Madison and I knew I was getting poro and I was going to be priced out tonight, I would 100% make a transfer for poro. But mm. this situation is just a wee bit different. I could go poro. It's probably a very sensible play to go poro. I could also go for Richardson. But like, I think your point in the midfielders is good because... I wouldn't sell Sterling this week unless we got some kind of noises from Pochettino that, well, he's not going to play this week because obviously, like, selling him before. But he's never going to say that. He's never going to say that, I don't know, but I'm, I kind of have to make the leap of faith there. You have to make the leap. This is what I'm saying. You're not going to get from Pochettino anything around, unless somebody's sick or somebody's, you know, if he, you know. Same with Chilwell. He never gave anything away. And my thing with yours is, is going to play up top. I mean, we've, we've you know, they're going to play five at the back. So you're basically saying Man United defense is dire and I'm going to sell the striker playing that team. I'm possibly buy him back the next week. Yeah, so you're wasting yeah. two transfers instead of just yeah. using one for Poro and then using one next week for anything that happens. It could be that, you know, Sun gets back very late or I'm trying to use an example that doesn't trigger people. Oh, okay. Um you know, it could be your defender. It could be it could be uh, Trippier. You know, he gets a little niggle. So anything can happen in an international break where there's uncertainty. You'll have about four yellow flags after the... We know that. We know it'll happen on a Friday after the international break. At that point, you'll be like, now I've created a fifth flag with Richarlison and I'm not sure if he's going to start or not. Which one shall I deal with? That's where I am with thinking through whether I should go Richarlison or Poro. That's fair. I'm like... You know how I play, and I play like a like a fairly kind of risk averse style. And like if I'm looking at my defense potentially on paper this week, like you're talking, say Trapper, Adoji, happy with both of them, and then Saliba. But then I'm going on the Batman bench, Stupinian bench. So if I if I don't technically make the defender transfer, and like I think like this, say I do do the Richardson thing, which is going to create a transfer for me potentially in midfield again next week. Well, it is going to create a transfer for me in midfield again next week. What if I lose a defender going on this week? Like, what if somebody does a Batman and just mysteriously doesn't turn up? Then I'm down to two defenders. When the optimal move was to get rid of one of my injured players and buy a Poro. So, yeah. nah. Like, I, I do know I do know it's the way that I should go, but I do like to test this a wee bit. And like, I was testing it thinking about the minutes for Richardson, and I do like it this week. I think it's very punty, but it'll be interesting to see how many people on Wildcard 8 that have been talking about it actually do go for it, but maybe not many. What, triple mid? No, I, I see people mid. I see people budget-wise have been putting Richardson on to try and fit Haaland and Salah. You know, maybe they're, maybe they're about stressed for budget, but mm. I don't know. Um, anyway, we'll come to the, the, the team... 
uh, the wildcard team, and we'll talk through that. So let's let's spend a minute on captaincy. So are you set on Sun? Are you debating? We don't have Salah, so it's between Haaland and Sun. I'm definitely set on Sun. It's like hasn't really entered my equation to do anything or me enter me thinking to do anything different. Um, I think he's just a different animal when he's like when he when he's playing through the middle. We're assuming he's got the pains. Like I think. He can be probably about 75-80% sure that he's on pains. Yeah. The, the fixtures are obviously great from a team perspective. Spurs are obviously great. You're looking at Haaland and you're going... I don't think he can dull down Haaland's numbers. Like, Haaland's numbers have been off the scale. Like, you know, and, you know people, people won't be kind of create a narrative and say, oh, he's a weighty big six opposition. And, you know, Haaland can score against anybody. And I don't think we should get on this thinking that like but when we're coming on this run now, where he's going to face like Arsenal and you know Chelsea and Man United, and these games are all away from home, and then Liverpool and Spurs, like I'm going to own him the whole way through this. Like it hasn't been for my thinking. It hasn't. No, I mean we we no. we haven't talked about the no Holland thing, but yeah, look, I think this is the hardest of all the games that we're talking about in terms of um, his run, right? I mean the other harder games away to Man United, away to Chelsea is nowhere close to no. Arsenal. Arsenal will be up for it, but. Mm. The models, the markets, everyone favors City to win or do better than Arsenal. So they're more likely to win than than mm. Arsenal, and draw is also likely. So there's no ch- there's no harm going for a Haaland, but I think I I'll, I'll be the same when I come to my team, which is basically I think you got to go for it, go for Sun. We don't get this opportunity too often, and like you know, like if we use the optimal word again, like Soma's. Son has a head, but I suppose it depends on your assumptions on his minutes. And I do think some of the assumptions on his minutes are just far too high. Like, you know, like I, I've seen predictions on his minutes in the mid 80s, and I just don't think that's really it's closer to 75, 70, 75. I think, it's, I think it definitely is closer to 75. And, you know, I think if you start moving the needle down below 75, like you're getting towards well, Salah's optimal. But I don't know, it, it feels like a week they roll the dice given the fact that. Luton do feel a wee bit like cannon fodder. Spurs do feel pretty high octane in attack. And I don't know. I think as FPL managers, we want to level. All we want to do is something a wee bit exciting from time to time. Gambling against Haaland is, obviously comes with health risks. But no, I think we do it. I'm, I, I'm more than happy to do it this week. Yeah. Early kickoff, we might get some news that he's starting. And I think if we do, that's... Exactly. You know, exactly. You know. Okay, cool. I'm going to go to my team now because we also have the wildcard discussion to have. Um, so my team is Pickford in goal, so similar to you. Trippier, um, similar to you. I've got Ruben Diaz. So for all the pain Ruben Diaz gave me over Botman's, because there was a moment where I was choosing between Botman and Diaz that I went for the City defender. He lost out to Botman every week. Botman ended up scoring. He ended up conceding um, Diaz basically both the weeks. So I haven't got much, but let's see. I'm going to play him both Arsenal away and, and Brighton at home. So he's my second defender, that is... Hopefully, okay for the next two. Okay. Then I've got Saliba, like you, who I am mm-hmm. looking to do to Poro. That would be my natural, logical move without the Richarlison temptation. But I'll talk about Richarlison as well. So, midfield, I've got Madison and Sun. Sun is captain. Rashford, Sterling, and Mbumo. So, I think our midfield is the same. No, I've got Madison instead of Bruno. Yeah. And then Alvarez and Haaland. And it's the same. And the bench is also okay. I mean, I've got Archer for sub, Fulham away. Kabore is also playing, so he's also fine. And I'm obviously, if I do 
uh, if I get poor, I'll get it for Estupinian. So actually, Saliba will be on the bench as well. So actually, right. there's no flags here um, if I if I get rid of Estupinian for Poro. So that's the question. Like, if I do that, then I get Poro for the next two weeks. I've got Ruben Diaz. So next week, actually, I've got four good defenders because even I'm happy to play Saliba away to Chelsea. It's not the end of the world. So question is, should I be tempted? Should I just do Sterling to Richarlison and just play Saliba like you're debating? Or should I just do the simple, logical Estupinian to, to Poro? That's where I am. At the moment, I think I'm 70% Poro, 30% Richarlison. I think I will eat the price rise for, or basically I let it go, the Poro price rise, mm -hmm. and hope that there is some news on Sterling, or there is some news on a Saturday morning in terms of who's starting, if Richarlison is starting, and, and we 99% expect him to, Yeah, I may, I may think about it. I think both are good upside moves, but my only fear is I don't want to be get, after all the sacrifices we've made, it in, made in game week eight, I don't want to now wildcard in game week nine. And so it would be a shame that just for this Richarlison punt, which may or may not work out, because look, the expected points for Poro are high as well. It's not mm -hmm. like you're comparing Richarlison upside to somebody else. Poro could score a goal. He could get a clean sheet. So, so it just feels like I should I should do the Poro sensible move. But then I'm not, you know, there's rumors in Manchester United forums that Rashford should be dropped. I don't think so, but that it's there. There are rumors in, in Chelsea forums that Sterling could be dropped. But again, I don't think so. But we've been wrong. We're sitting here, Game Week 7 ranked 3 million-ish. You know, there are things we've got wrong. So it's it's one of those where it'll come down to just pure luck. I mean, Sterling could start and score. I mean, both Rashford and Sterling are in the top eight in the markets for if they start, the highest odds, the top eight odds for scoring. <laughs> Question is if they start or not. Where does he get that data? Rob T? Yeah, yeah, yeah Rob T. Very good piece of content. Yeah, yeah. We've used this stuff before. Yeah. Um, Rob T on, on, on X. So that's that's where I am. I don't think there's any other issues here. And I certainly didn't consider a wild card for this reason, that I think my team is fine this week. I mean, if Sterling Rashford start, I I would be actually sad if, if I score, you know, five less points than a wild card team because I think the team is okay. Of course, Salah is the one differentiator here. If Salah goes big, that's big for wild carders. If Trippier mm -hmm. goes big, that's big for non-wildcarders because I don't think yeah. any wildcards have Trippier. Yeah, there's quite a, a... Well, when we look at Joe's team, I'm sure like we'll, we'll be able to kind of talk around more wildcards and, the, you know, the, the general kind of wildcard packs. But that, there are quite a few differences, as you say. You know, Trippier... Depends if people wildcard. Like, people... Bowen seems to be very hot in wildcard. Yes. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I, I like Bowen as a pick, but picking Bowen going into Newcastle... I don't really like I don't really like it if I'm being completely honest. And I, th I, I think I think we're seeing a lot of examples on, on and we see them on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it of groupthink. And I think there's a lot of kind of groupthink just becomes so strong and like you know the template becomes so strong. And like you could say all oh, the template becomes so strong for a reason, but the template has been absolutely chummed from game week one. Like our template has, you know, it, it's you know, not the like template. We, we, it's City, it's it's Chelsea and Man United. They've basically. It is Chelsea and Man United. Like you could not predict them performing the way they did with the fixtures no. that they had. So no. that's just what it is. I mean, I think, 
I think uh, that's why people who've had a slow start shouldn't be too harsh on themselves. It was reasonable, very reasonable to attack those teams. It did not work out. And the other thing for rank, you know, not being there yet is a lot of people have wildcarded. So you're behind them. Of course you are. They gain their points. When you will wildcard, you will gain some points hopefully as well. So I don't think we should think in that sense of, um, you know, if we've made bad decisions on the template, then we should stay away from the template necessarily. But I think in isolation, in fact, now let's move to the wildcard discussion because I think in my team, it's fairly straightforward. I'm going to do one of the two things which I mentioned. So let's go to the wildcard discussion. Yeah. Let's talk about the team that Joe has shared. So I'm going to read it out again. And then let's talk about position by position, right? We'll go goalkeeper, defense, midfielder, attack. Okay. Um, Joe's got Ariola and Turner in, in goal. He's got Cash, Anderson, Udogi, Byrne and Bear as his five defenders. He's got Madison, Salah, Sun, Bowen and Neto as his five midfielders. Harlan, Watkins and Archer as his three attackers. Now, this may have changed. I picked it up from a video yesterday. So it obviously his, his thinking may have changed, but it's interesting. I, I think this draft is interesting because it captures, I think, the Diaby risk of him not starting. Because I think if Diaby is fit tomorrow, a lot of teams will just go for Diaby because he's the guy you want going into those fixtures of Luton, Forest, and Fulham in 10, 11, 12. And, you know, you wouldn't mind a away to Wolves and a home to West Ham as a fixture, which is why people have just started with Watkins now. So anyway, let's start from the top. Goalkeepers. I think every single person on every single wildcard that I've seen has got Ariola and Turner. Would you have that in wildcard 10 as well? Or do you think there's opportunities or areas to be a little bit different? Well, if I look at this and I compare this to something that I would want to do in wildcard 10, like the first thing that sticks out to me is how are these guys going to be prepared for the double game week? Like we're, like we're going to go through the blank game week 18. City and Brentford, like you can be sure to be sure that the double game is going to crop up in 20 or something like that. And I'm seeing a lot of kind of, and it's not a criticism, and I don't want Joe to think I'm criticizing his team. I don't know how well prepared those teams are for the double game. And then loads of people will say, well, I can, I can transfer those players in, I can buy those players. But they're saying the same thing about Arsenal players, and they're saying the same thing about Brighton players. And transfers are finite, you know. We, we, you know, like we don't get five transfers a week. We only get one transfer a week. Also, and, other you know, things come and, up, and also other things come up. And there's international breaks. There's potentially injuries. And I'm hearing lots of, but I'm only three moves away from that. And then I'm looking at the team and I'm thinking, but you also don't have, say, Flecken, or you don't have Bimo, or you don't have, say, Alvarez. Whereas, like, say, like three or four players like that, you'd be kind of thinking, okay, like, all right, this double game weeks maybe pie in the sky at the minute, that's maybe in the long finger, but I don't see teams well equipped for that. Ariola and Turner, I think Ariola's been good. I think he would be nice as a backup. I do like Raya, if I'm being honest. Like I do think come the time Raya could be my but I'm leaning towards Will Kirtan. I think he could be my keeper. But I could see why people wouldn't do it this week. Because immediately you're looking at Man City. But I think once you get beyond Man City it's good. But it's you also know, money, Chelsea's... right? I mean the problem is everyone is, money, is poor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because, because you're trying in this wild card, and this we'll have the same problem in ten. It's the only time where we're trying to squeeze Sun, Salah, and Haaland. When you try to squeeze these three, it basically affects your bench and it affects your keeper. And those are the areas where a lot of people say, "Look, I'll make a sacrifice because I'm not going to have Salah, Sun, and Haaland the whole season." 
and I, I talked about this. I think people will just have Salah until game week 16, 17 max. And mm-hmm. then again, money won't be a problem. So if somebody was actually wildcarding game week 17, 18, you would have, you could have Raya. You could have Flecken as your second keeper. I mean, I know you won't do that. But mm. at that point, money is not a problem because you take that 4 million from Salah and make him into a Saka. You distribute it in your keeper, in your fifth midfielder and your defender. You can afford any team you want. So, and that's what's going to happen because Salah's good fixtures will end. He's going to go off to AFCON. Basically, pretty much between game week 17 to game week 25, 26, people will enjoy a lot of value in their in their team. And then again, Salah won't be optimal unless his fixtures are really, really, really good. So, I think Ariola Turner naturally fits because people are trying to squeeze money. Plus, I think 20 is still fine whether you can make it or not i think people are just saying look it's city away and crystal palace away if it happens in game week 20 chuck it i'm just gonna i'll just have I can yeah no not have a not have a just have areola you don't have to have a double game weaker right so that's that would be thinking if you gave me extra money i think if you gave every wildcarder one million more they'd have raya here or or a fleck in here but they don't have it so that's that's mm. the issue. Anyway, let's go from defense, uh, from goalkeeper to defense. No need to talk about cash. I think everybody will have cash, and rightly so. Villa's next five, six are incredible. So I think it's worth yeah. having that for the upside. I really wish Moreno was fit because he would give that other different edge to to cash. But he's not fit. I mean, we'll see after the international break if he's fit or not. But I don't see myself going there now, given that he's had injury concerns. You get on him and then he gets injured again. It's just not not nice. Yeah, 100%. I agree. So then, there's a Spurs defender every draft. I've seen some yeah. Poros. I've seen some Udogis. Udogis are the ones for people who are trying to stretch every single dollar out of it. <laughs> or ones who've had Udogi for a while and have some value tied up. So both of them have Udogi. Others have Poro. Also understandable. Um, this draft has... Palace defender and a Newcastle defender. So I like the fact that it's got a little bit of money spread into the first sub because injuries happen. I mean, if if Anderson gets injured, you don't want to be forced into making a transfer to take out Anderson. You have a burn who can come on Mm -hmm. and and help out. So what are your thoughts on third, fourth defenders on on wildcards? Wildcard eight only. No, well, I like like this Newcastle setup. Like, you know, I think burn... I think I think he could still make an, uh, an argument for double Newcastle defence if, if somebody bought Andy Botman at a kind of cheap enough price. Um, given the way that we're, like, we're seeing Newcastle performing defensively now, I know they've kind of turned the corner, but it would be something that would interest me. Um, but, but you can't take a chance on Botman, right? He's out until the... No, you can't, no, you, no, you can't take a chance on Botman. You have to think, take share. You would have to take share. He's obviously a wee bit more money, you know, but... Um, no, it would be it would be something that would interest me because it's, it's it's somewhere I wanted to go anyway. And looking at the fixtures kind of long term for Newcastle, they, they they still stay good for like a long time yet. Um, no, I think this is good. I haven't I wouldn't have considered a Palace defender. I don't think Palace are decent. But Anderson, Anderson uh, they has, have, yeah. Go yeah. ahead, sir. I was gonna say Palace have have decent fixtures for a while. So what Anderson does is he doesn't force you into that I have to have to get an Arsenal defender or I have to have to get a Brighton defender or a Stupinian, you could also live with Anderson. Now, I know it's not Crystal Palace is not Arsenal defence and it's not a Stupinian, but it's a little bit more long-term 
than going for somebody who you only want for two, three weeks, which, you know, I think the Spurs defender, I don't think you want the Spurs defender beyond game week 10, 11. So I get it. I get it to some extent. Yeah, like some of the Spurs fixtures like stay. Like if you look and say Luton Fulham, I suppose the media like Crystal Palace, Chelsea oh, yeah. at home, Wolves, Chelsea. Wolves, Villa. They're not, not defensively not, great, are they? They're not defensively great, but like for for that price point, you know, it's in comparison to the other stuff that you could have. You could love with it. Like your your point about Arsenal is good. Like and if I was changing this team, I probably would maybe have an Arsenal defender as opposed to Anderson, and maybe look at playing Burn. This week, I agree. You could go for Gabriel straight away, and bench Gabriel and and play Burn. I think I think that's a good suggestion. I would I would look at that as well. Because that's where we're that's where we're going to go. You know, like by the time our wildcards come around, you're going to see like as you said before we came on stream, like a Zinchenko or you know, maybe like a Brighton defender, maybe a Stepanian's fat again. Who knows? But that's where I'll probably go. Yeah. I agree. But the only thing with Gabriel right now is the there's a small... Because Partey is back now. Remember what happened early season when Partey was fit. <laughs> so we've actually never seen Gabriel nailed with minutes when Partey is fit. So we will find uh, out. And if, if he's even benched once, you know, because the City game is such where he could look to do that, then people will just go, okay, I'm off Gab- Gabriel. I'm not touching it. So you don't want to end up with a defender on your wildcard where... He's again become a problem. No, you, d- you don't want to be using transfers in defence. Like, in, I, like if I look at my first seven game weeks, I've had to use transfers in defence a lot because of injuries. Do you know, and it's not a great spot to be in. Like you're, like you're trying to kind of take your team forward a bit, and you're maybe having to change James out. Or you know, it's it's far from ideal. But yeah. um, no, I do agree. Me and Gabriel, it's. He was one I avoided at the start because he got the early team news going into game week one. But no, it does look potentially good. But if, if, if there's any rotation risk at all, I don't think we want them. Like, you know, if you but, can stretch um, it, Zinchenko is the one. Then then get, get So let's say he had, if Joe had 0.2 more, just get Zinchenko instead of Anderson and play Burn. I think I like that. Yeah. Or if Estupinian was fit. I think both those options would have been decent. Uh-huh. Okay, let's go to midfield. So midfield, everyone has Sun, Salah, Madison. So nothing to discuss there. I think those are natural picks. Now, one thing people need to think about is when they have Sun, Madison and Salah, by game week 10, you may want to think about a Arsenal midfielder because they have Sheffield United at home. So who, which of these two becomes Saka? You may say neither because I'm happy with my Spurs mids. But some plan to get to an Arsenal mid would be advisable because the other two you're not going to get any money out of them and make them into something else so let's talk about Bowen first so Bowen has been a darling f- highest for non-pen XG amongst midfielders so far which is incredible and uh, and it's just a decent pick now whether he's a good pick di- now versus in two weeks that's a question because he plays Newcastle at home we know how good Newcastle are um but it's, you know, Newcastle are away. They're coming off playing PSG. Maybe there's some joy, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. And then he plays Villa away. We know Villa are very good at home as well. So it's too tough fixture. You can still have faith, but I think it's too tough fixture. So what are your thoughts on going for Bowen straight away? No, I would kind of agree with you. And like, if I'm looking at those fixtures from game week 10, Everton, Brentford away, and then Forest at home, Burnley away, Palace at home, like they're, they're really good fixtures. 
you know, Newcastle, I think, as tough Hank Villa is definitely tough. And I don't know if... He's a pick and wildcard that I don't particularly like, despite the fact that he's done a lot of really good stuff in the opening seven game weeks. I'm just I'm just not completely sold. You know, I do, I do think there's different different directions you can potentially go with this, but um, I'm not really convinced in Bowen just solely for fixtures in the next two. Mm. Like, he could... He could be a wee bit more aggressive than maybe because in the price range. What price is Bowen? He's like 7.2. But see, the thing is, this is where the discussion that you're making is people don't have so many transfers to move people no, on, right? They don't. So they don't. They have to calibrate in certain sense that which players do I want long term for sure? I'm just mm-hmm. going to get them now. So this is why we were talking about going Zinchenko instead of Anderson and just get him now. Mm-hmm. Bowen, I think, could fall in that category. So I do get people doing it because you want Bowen from game week 10. So you just say, look, you know what? If I get lucky, he d- he scores a goal in the next two in those two tougher games. Fair. Because there's nobody else really competing in that position. If Diaby was fit, I think a lot of people could just go Bo- instead of Bowen, they would go Diaby and yeah. do something else with that remaining money or hope to get Bowen later for Madison. So that could have worked. But Diaby actually not being fit is not ideal for for the planning because people will want Diaby as well in game week 10 because Diaby plays Nottingham Forest, Fulham and Luton. Three games, 10, 11, 12. Mm-hmm. That's too good as a striker for Villa. So I think people might want to have a Diaby plan as well if he's not fit. And uh, and that's where I don't like the Neto plays spot. Problem with it's the hard Neto. To, it's hard to bring up, isn't it? The different player. Sorry? It's, it's hard to lift up to another player, like, you know, because of, because of the price point he's at it, like 5.7. Yeah, 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 that's why. Like, that... you're looking, say, Brentford, or sorry, not Brentford, Brighton, like Liverpool, Man City, and the next two, and then it's just absolutely grim from, like, game week 10 right through to looking at game week 17. And, like, I'm looking at a team like that and thinking, well, how, how do they get Matoma? Do you know what I mean? Exactly. You know, because you, you're looking at it thinking they're maybe going to have to go Madison to Saka, which is going to take money, which at the minute they don't really have. Well, how do they also get Matoma? And I know we're going to have those issues, but they're two weeks down the line, I suppose, and you can juggle a wee bit more, but no, it's, it's, it's not easy. Like. So it's this is the Bowen and the Neto and the Watkins position are giving people the most headache because you could basically take some money out of your fifth, your fourth defender. Let's say you bring Burn down to a 3.9. I know people don't like bad benches, but let's say you go with that. You take that money, that 0.6, you put it on Neto, that becomes 6.2. You take the Anderson money, make him into a Gehi. He becomes, Gehi is what, 6 point, uh, sorry, uh, 5, no, what what money is Gehi? Gehi? Um, Check, 4.5? 4.5, yeah. Yeah. So then now you're getting to a six-ish midfielder, 6.3 type midfielder. So that now gets you, uh, there's a few options. You know, there's uh, Ward Prowse. Now you don't want to get Bowen and Ward Prowse as your two, but that's decent. Um, Gordon is decent. What, what do you think of the argument that, like, say, the injuries, they like Eze, where he's out for what, well, we assume he's out for about six weeks, although there was that bit of news, but we haven't heard much since. And then, like, say, for example, the question marks around the Abbey, like, do you, do you think, and it's not something that I'm going to do, but, like, you're looking at the price points of, like, this team of Joe's, and, and it, it does stretch, and, like, you're saying, look, this isn't a marriage. 
we're not going to be sitting behind and sell off from Moody game week 38, and that's grand. But do you think that these straight positions, like fourth and fifth mud, maybe even third, fourth and fifth defender, and basically no money on goalkeepers, do you think it adds any kind of validity to the, the kind of no hand thing? Well, of course. I mean, this is why people are doing it. People that are is saying, why people are doing that. Is why people are doing yeah. it. You know. I mean, instead of Neto, it gets you a Saka. Instead of instead of Haaland, you you have to basically downgrade him to a Darwin, let's say, or an Alvarez, and mm. Neto becomes a Saka. Anderson becomes a Trippier. Um, Burn becomes a Trent. I mean, incredible. But you can get Rashford for say or Bruno maybe yeah. for Sheffield United or right? you eat the Man City fixture. But beyond that, it's like. But Luton, FPL is also about risk um, management, right? So it you is could, you could have, you know, Trent could do nothing. Uh, Trippier could suddenly start to disappoint, but Haaland scores a hat-trick and everyone owns Haaland, not everybody owns Trent. So I get both sides of it. There is arguments, yeah. I mean, Andy Martin is considering it. A lot of models, uh, analytics FC are considering it. So it's not they like are. one camp is thinking about it. Everyone is thinking about it. I'm sure mm. if you're on a wild card, at one point in time, You've taken out Haaland and seen what what does that do. It's fair. Mm. Everybody does it. You've also maybe considered taking out Salah and seeing what does that do. And then you've logically concluded that Salah has the better fixtures. Then maybe it's Haaland who I should take out. And then you say, actually, no, that's that's too scary. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so everyone's gone through this cycle. I think we will go through this cycle as well. When Whoever wildcards later. So it is fine to do it. But you need to see who you want to sacrifice. I think in game week 10, I will sacrifice Sun. I keep saying that if he scores two hat-tricks in the next two game weeks, I will not sacrifice Sun. But some sacrifice has to be made. We cannot have all the good players. This is why this season is hard because there's very there's a big selection of good players that can do well. Watkins can score a 20-pointer. Trippier can score 30 points in two weeks. If you don't have these players, you go behind. But you just hope that if you keep picking good players, your player will also score 15-20 points one day. And that will help you sort of keep up or, or make up the ground that you lost. I just don't I think, think so. ha- selling Holland is the way to do it. No, I didn't. But I, like, I started looking at the drafts today. That was the only reason it kind of came under my head. I looked at the drafts and I've, I've looked at the like of this draft, not specifically Joe's, but I've looked at other drafts like Joe's. And there are the points where it does get, it does get stretched around Neto the Abbey we don't really have, and then you're looking at players on around that price point, and you're like, in Buemos, he can't be reached anyway, but his fixtures are about to drop off. But Matoma, we don't want them for the next two years, and people don't want them for the next two. And you're kind of thinking to yourself, hmm, like, how do you, you get to that big United mud, and how do you? And I 100% agree with your point that you can't have everybody, and not having hands like the biggest sacrifice of all. It's not, it's not really for me, like, because like I do play. Like low risk optimal, if you want to call, if you if you want to put a name on it, that's what it is. Yeah. And that's not back in a case. And I also don't think that Holland's fixtures are that difficult. You I know, agree. I, on on paper, like people will say, oh look, he's playing top six away from home, and you're going, he's playing Brighton next week. Brighton are just he's he, the best Brighton captain on Stephen paper Gold next week. For, I have no I'm doubt 100%, about it. I'm a hundred percent going to captain him next week. And then when we go forward to Bournemouth, I agree, Salah's got a great captain. fixture, but we'll have Salah then too. Do you know? You know, you're going to have them, and you're you're maybe going to have some there. I don't know, but that's no, it's hard. Like I, I do think looking at the midfield, Joe's probably made the best of what he can do with his money, and I do think in general, like looking at his team overall, 
the only thing I would potentially do is go well, would it maybe park an Arsenal defender in the bench instead of Anderson and play Burn this week? It's probably yeah, there's a couple of things. So I think if Diaby is fit, you can get Bowen down to Diaby and Neto up to Ward Prowse. I think that's a nice before Diaby in, was injured. A lot of people had that draft. I think a lo- another way is you keep Bowen, but you make Neto into a striker. So you get a third striker. If you have a lot of money, that could be Alvarez. That would solve it. If you don't have a lot of money, it could be Solanke. So that is another way where you can make it work where, you know, Solanke will be popular. I, I really think, I mean, he's got good three fixtures. You could yeah. get you could get, get Solanke in. And if you have a good, you know, he could even rotate well with Archer or you could have somebody else like a fourth defender who he could rotate well with. I think it's okay. Like it's viable. It's- He's almost playable right through until that blank, you know, because like he's like Everton, Wolves, Burnley, he's got Man City, which he could swerve from Newcastle. But then like Sheffield United, Villa Palace, it's like that's a, it's all great. Luton, Forest, and Fulham beyond that, that's like it's all very good. Um, I'm obviously pretty hot in Alvarez. I know like City's fixtures aren't brilliant, you know, and like I know there's this argument that people are coming off Holland, although like the no, the Holland list or no Holland teams I've seen today. Lots of them on Alvarez Watkins as their front two. Yeah. And and then they're using the money elsewhere. But um bar anything drastic like that, I don't really see much that I could change bar your kind of suggestions. Like, you know, it's and I think that's the issue with this wild card for me. But it's that'll be an really... issue in every wild card. It'll be the budget will be a stretch in every wild card. No, but I don't just mean the budget. I think there's a lack of options of where like you can go with this. Like, you know, I do you think down the line for for our wildcard in ten, you could maybe say, Well, could I go Darwin? Could it you know there's a wee bit more information. He could be a wee bit more daring, where I feel this is very kinda you need to have Salah, you need to have your three Spurs players, you need to have a good chunk of Aston Villa. And we are gonna reach that at our point too, but it does feel very kinda stodgy and all the teams are the same like you know this is the this is the carlin analogy i mean for those that didn't hear basically the thinking was if you're behind in traffic to another car which you want to catch up right if both of you switch lanes at the same time to the same lane you've basically locked in being behind if you basically let the other car switch you stick to your lane maybe your lane goes faster for a little while or you stick to another lane. You turn left and you you go to another lane and maybe that lane goes even faster than the lane that the first one went in. So that's the thinking where if you don't desperately need to wildcard and you see people around you wildcarding, just have a good think if your team really needs a wildcard. Some teams are decimated because there have been so many injuries. They are. You know, they've got one fit defender. Um, so I get it. I get that this is a week where a lot of, you know, triggers have been pulled and it is what it is you have to go with what it is and you don't have to be different for the sake of it I think the team with three Spurs Salah two or three Villa Holland, Alvarez or maybe not Alvarez I think it's fine I think that's fine it's a good team so just go with that and I, and I think the last thing is on Trippier people would say why aren't you buying the best player in the game at the moment I mean he's scoring 12-18 pointers for <laughs> breakfast um if you wanted to do that, the sacrifice is Watkins. You do Watkins to Alvarez, and then your one defender can become Trippier. If you wanted to do that, other people have just said that Watkins' fixtures are just insane. He's just scored twenty points. He won't score that in the next five weeks. Don't expect twenty points again. No. But 
he's in form. He's been called by Southgate. He's being selfish, by the way. Those highlights, he was so selfish. He wasn't passing to Diaby. When I watched that game, mm. I actually considered, should I have? Should I get Diaby? Because Watkins is not in the mood to pass at all. He wants the goals. So that's one to monitor next couple of weeks. But I think if you look at the different points in this season, it's been defined by that big hole player that people haven't necessarily had. You know, you've had Watkins, you've had Son, you've had Sterling. And for the most part, people have jumped on afterwards. They, they haven't they haven't, had, they haven't had the points. Correct. And like a point in Trippier, let's just rewind back about four or five weeks. And if you were like a regular and kind of FPL X or whatever we want to call it, FPL Twitter, Trippier had been completely written off as an option. People were saying, look, this is true. Like it's people true. were saying, Newcastle haven't kept the clean sheets and God knows when. He can't justify the extra outlay of like 1.5 million or 2 million more than Batman. I think he made an outscore Batman by maybe 2 to 1 in the last That's three weeks alone. And, and you know, like I, like I do get your point. Like it's like we picked the United players, and if you pulled up like an XG table or an XGA and we looked at the deltas, all our players from our game week one team are top of like the negative delta table. Yeah. You know, they're, they're the players we started with. You know, and that kind of justifies in a way my position of like who I picked. And I think, well, you know, the logic was there. I picked the fixtures. They didn't perform. They've underperformed. That's grand. But then I look at Trippier in the last three weeks and I think, well, things can change fast. Yeah, you know, I can get on the right player. I can get the next Watkins. I can get the next Trippier. And maybe like, don't get too down on yourself is what I would say to people watching the stream. Like, Agreed. Agreed. Okay, let's leave it there, Hippo. Um, anything else that we haven't covered that you want to say? No, I think it's all good. Excellent. Happy. Okay, don't forget Spurs is the first kickoff. So if you don't have to make a transfer, might as well wait till Saturday morning. You might hear something that may fundamentally change your transfers if you can. But otherwise, mm-hmm. good luck. Good luck to those that are in wildcard and good luck to those that are looking to hold on or those that have played it and now are suffering with some injuries. We all need to navigate these tough waters. Mm-hmm. Best of luck for Game of Gate. All right. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Okay.